A little bit of Alice Cooper, and guess what? Alice Cooper loves golf. Alice Cooper plays off a five handicap. A five handicap, Alice Cooper. And he will have enjoyed events over the weekend, I'm sure. And what a US Open it was for all the messy lead-up and questions about the future of golf. Once the ball was teed up at the LA Country Club, it was well and truly a major time, and didn't it have it all? Record-breaking scoring, a, fo- a fight back from the course, and it's sloping greens. Controversy around members' tickets and crowd sizes, greats of the game, hunting glory, and then Wyndham Clark. Clark held his nerve and got up and down several times in the last round, hanging tough, just enough to fend off Rory McElroy, who for the life of him couldn't drain a big putt to get over the site, just to get up and over the top. He tried everything, Rory McElroy. He just couldn't get it done. Well, um, we have a genius uh, on the station when it comes to golf. His name is David Bileski, Deep Dive Golf on Twitter. Um, and if you don't go and follow him, uh, you have, may have missed out on big opportunity last week. Um, but he'll come up with more. Don't worry about that because he tipped Wyndham Clark at 76 to 1 last Thursday. Uh, David, good morning to you. How the heck, just review this, how the hell did you pick him out at 76 for 1? <laughs> 2 1. Morning, Philly. Yeah, pleasure to, to, to be back with you. I mean, what, what a couple of weeks. Nick Taylor at the, the Canadian Open at 66 to 1, and then following it up with um, Wyndham Clark. Um, and yeah, pleasure to, to be on the show last week and be able to, to give it out to, to all the listeners as well and, and yourself. I hope you got a bit too. Um, look, Wyndham Clark, as I said uh, last last week, he's been trending for a while. He's really turned his iron play around um, over this year and he's always been a long driver of the golf ball who's been able to putt really well and suddenly he added this, this missing element um, in terms of his approach play at the beginning of this year and that really just set him on this huge upward trajectory. Um, different different ranking sites had him ranked as high as 13th in the world going into this tournament. Um, you know, and obviously his official world golf ranking was anywhere near that. So whenever I see something like that, a discrepancy kind of that large, it's it's something where I, I identify that it's kind of ripe for correction. And obviously we saw that um, at this uh, at the Serious Open in a big way, you know, that, that market kind of correcting itself and coming through for the win. So, no, we're very, very pleased to, to be on another winner. And um, I thought it was a, a fantastic US Open. really enjoyed it. Of course, one of the things that's very hard to factor into sport or sporting people, David, is the mental side of things. We can look at their form, we can look at their technique, etc. But the mental side of things when it comes to the crunch, and there's nothing like uh, the last four or five holes, very difficult holes, to test a man's mental. And uh, his lag putting, his short game when it mattered, was quite amazing. Yeah, I mean, just just his mental attitude going to that final round. Look, I mean, we saw we saw a little bit of that at the the Wells Fargo Championship when he got his maiden victory um, around Quail Hollow. I mean, it, interestingly enough, Quail Hollow ended up playing um, very very similar to what we saw at LACC. Um, Wyndham Clark got his maiden victory there, then won the US Open. Rory McIlroy's won around Quail Hollow three times. He was obviously right in contention this week. Ricky Fowler got his maiden victory at Quail Hollow um, and managed to obviously be right there in contention at this um, championship as well. Xander Shelfley was second and he was in the top ten. So there's a lot of links between those two courses and that makes sense. You know, it's a very, very strong driving course. Long irons are disproportionately a larger number of shots at Quail Hollow compared to LACC. Um, and at 
at um, Quail Hollow, Wyndham Clark just really, um, you know, he managed to see how that victory, and it was pretty comprehensive, you know, it was like several strokes over Xander Shoffley, and um, could just see that he, he had the, the ability that once he gets into contention to, to really shut the door and, and put the foot down, and when he entered that final round, it um, at Wells Fargo, he did have that lead, um, but he just continued to, to keep his, um, you know, pedal to the floor and kept going out there and making beauties and, and didn't, re- didn't relent. And, and that's how you go out and you win major championships is you, you keep going and um, keep fighting right till, till the, the very last hole. And um, by golly, you needed it because um, Rory did... did um, Superbly, you know, he stuck around. He didn't didn't fade away. He was right there at the end. Um, and that that final stretch of 16, 17, 18 are three of the hardest holes on the golf course. So it was really anyone's game right until um, till he hit the green and then sort of started to feel a bit more comfortable that he was going to get two putts and uh, and secure the victory for us this week. David Louis here. I just it's such a good point you make around Rory because I'm thinking Wyndham. Clark's ball striking was a clinic like Tita Green he was a freak but so was Rory it just was giving shades of the Open Championship last year where Rory was playing superbly but just wasn't holding putts meanwhile Cam Smith was mowing him down draining all these 20 footers from a, a punter's point of view I think oh my god Rory's just cursed how does how do analytics and how do golf analysts like yourself look at that and say, well, no, Rory's still playing really well, but for whatever reason, he's missing them high, he's missing them low, he just can't get one down the middle. How do you explain it? Yeah, I, look, I thought I thought Rory did a lot better this time round than he did at St Andrews, but I think that the the correlation, as you said, is, is pretty clear. He, he probably struck the ball a lot better in this final round than he did at St Andrews as well. St Andrews is really just leaving himself kind of like twenty foot, twenty five foot putts, and like you, around that place, you're just going to need a miracle to to be able to drain the ball from that distance, um, you know. And he just he just really needed you know a couple of them to go in, and and he would have been right there, obviously, and, and lifting the trophy at the 150th Open Championship, um, and yeah, so same again. I mean, watching watching the footage, he didn't didn't make anything over four feet all day, um, but with the long putts, he was burning the edge every single time. And and at that kind of kind of point, it becomes a case of you do need a little bit of a break to go your way. You know, when you when you're just looking out every time, you're putting yourself in tension. Eventually, they will drop. Um, you know, we 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 talk about in analytics regression to the mean and um, Rory's mean, uh, his baseline putting is a lot higher than what we're seeing at the moment. We do expect that all trends towards that direction again um, one day. It just it just has to all click at one point and then and then he'll go and win a, win a tournament by three or four strokes. But I thought his tenacity this time was a lot better. You know, really stuck in it. Um, Clark, you know, full credit to him, managed to, to um, keep his medal about him coming down those those last three despite a, a couple of bogeys, particularly on 15, which um, I believe was the, the only bogey um, that day on that short par three, um, so yeah, he he managed to to do just enough. But I thought Rory performed a lot better this time. And and looking at his putting, um, you know, it, it wasn't far off. It really wasn't far off. He didn't miss any extremely short ones. Um, and um, the the longer putts, those sort of fifteen footer pluses, were constantly burning the edge. And and then it's just a, a bit of fate of the gods at that point. David, what did you make of uh, LACC? First time ever there, first time in uh, Los Angeles since 1948, I believe. So what did you make of the Los Angeles Country Club as an open championship venue? It seemed to me like uh, we have this great saying over here about rugby, a game of two halves. 
but it looked like a, a course of two nines really by the scoring. Yeah, the front nine was a, was a lot easier and then it really toughened up over the, the back nine. Um, we've seen this with George Thomas designed courses before, um, like Riviera up the road, where he kind of likes what they call um, half-par holes. So a hole that's going to play at basically four and a half. He opens with a, an easy par five where the, the scoring average is, is basically four and a half. And, and if you don't feel, you feel like you've, you're already behind the eight ball if you don't make a birdie. And then following that up with a very tough par four that's going to play um, also at four and a half. Half and, and you're just hoping to scramble and save par. Um, and then coming down the, the back nine, the, the stretch was um, pretty brutal. Look, we, they were, the course received a lot of criticism after the first round, and yes, I thought that the 62 was was a bit um, eye-popping. It wasn't certainly um, what I expected from the first day, but it's not that um, unusual to see a, a US Open where the course plays easier on that first day, and then they just really let it crisp up and bake out. And uh, I mean, if you recall last week, I said that the, I expected the winning score to be kind of minus six to minus nine, about a dozen or so players um, under par and the cut line to be plus two, plus three. Well, the cut line was plus two. There was 18 players under par and the winning score was minus 10. So eventually it did end up getting to that point and, and played a lot tougher once they they managed to firm it up and, and crisp up. I know that the golf Twitter was going a bit nuts after the first day and, and the hashtag not my US Open was trending at, at one point um, because they, they just expected the, the course to play so difficult, but it, it did eventually get there. And look, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fantastic US Open. Um, I go to your comment at the beginning of the, the show, though, that the atmosphere seemed a little bit lacking. And um, look, that's something they really need to sort out. I mean, this was this is a very exclusive private golf course. And my understanding is that a huge number of the tickets were allocated to both members and and sponsors. Um, a lot of them were corporate tickets. And then over um, Sunday, we saw those crowds suddenly inflate and, um, you know, all the corporates get down there. But, um, God, we've got to get fans to the, the grounds, you know, especially at a, a tournament like this because the, the atmosphere those first couple of days did seem to be a little bit lacking. A tie for 43rd for uh, Ryan Fox, whose consistency um, is uh, undeniable. He banks around uh, 66,000 US for his trouble. Um, look, uh, money won't be uh, of an issue for him, but the, the majors with one left, uh, creditable. Where, where does that, do you think, leave Ryan Fox in terms of his choice of tour? Yeah, it's interesting. He's, he's probably, yeah, he's going to be pushing for, for the PGA Tour card, as, as he mentioned in um, our interview a couple of weeks ago. Um, that's, that's really where he wants to be playing, wants to be competing against the best of the world. Um, to my eye, he has the game to, to do so. Um, there's going to be some courses that set up really, really well for him. Um, I thought he, I thought he did tremendously well. He played, played extremely well and almost similar to what we saw at the PGA Championship. The first round, he putted beautifully and, and, um, then the putter kind of faded over rounds two, three, and four. And that was really what cost him. I mean, he lost, um, three and a half strokes putting in the second round. That's going to make it very, very difficult to, to stay in contention, um, if he can't get a hot putter. But the ball striking was, was really excellent. And that's the fundamental of the game is, as long as you're finding greens, you know, eventually those putts are, are going to, going to drop for you. So, um, look, he, he's doing us all extremely proud. Um, he, keeps showing up these majors he keeps he's just incredibly consistent there's no real holes in his game I'm, I'm very very excited to see what he does at the Open Championship I think that seats up really really well for him
Going forward, uh, David, in, in terms of uh, deep dive golf, etc., do you uh, look at uh, women's majors? Because I notice Lydia's playing in one this week. I think it's the U- Ladies uh, US Women's PGA. Uh, and then, of course, um, Hoy Lake for the Open Championship is, well, it's a month away, basically, July 20th, to tease off. So uh, how, far in the, uh, how far down the track do you look? Yeah, look, the the difficulty with the ladies' majors is that the the LPGA has just not got to the stage where there's enough statistics to for me to really delve into and provide my expertise, which really comes into the data analytics side. Um, so that becomes the difficulty. It's not, you know, I think that there's some wonderful tournaments and it's definitely worth watching. I think the, the women's game of golf is incredibly competitive telling and you know it really can be on par with the, the men's game so I hope it, it does continue to go but the, the data unfortunately just really needs to um, to catch up to a level where it's at with um, with men's golf because with with that side of it you know I, I when I give recommendations I do it because I see value in the market I, I see a number that compared to the golfer's actual win probability, there's a discrepancy there, and that's what we take advantage of. So it's a little bit different than, I mean, everybody wants to, to pick winners, and the biggest mistake that I see people who are casual punters doing is they, they go on gut feeling, or they just go on names, or they go, oh, you know, Rory McIlroy's playing, playing great. It's like, okay, Rory McIlroy's playing great, but is, is 10 to 1 a fair number for his chance? Because that's really what you're making a decision on. And so unfortunately in the ladies game, I don't have access to, to data to be able to, to provide that sort of level of expertise. So, um, but yes, look, in terms of going into the, to tournaments, we're looking at the long-term baseline of players and where their game is trending compared to their usual baseline. So as I mentioned, sort of regression to the, to the mean if someone's um, putting incredibly well and they're not usually a, a good putter, we expect their putter to fall back to what their, their usual long-term form is. Likewise, if someone's hitting the ball great, um, their, their approach play is excellent and they've got a cold putter and they're usually a decent putter, then we expect that to kind of return to, um, to their baseline as well. So um, it's kind of a combination of looking at the week ahead, what tournaments are coming up, who's in form, but then also um, that longer-term picture as well of, of what who is this golfer, what's their profile, and how is it going to suit the, the course that's coming up. Yeah, fair enough, David. Makes sense. And I guess, uh, look, I'm curious around live golf and how that plays into it, the different sort of golf these guys are playing. Some of those guys fell away a little bit. Dustin Johnson, uh, Brooks Hepke just didn't really have his best stuff. Bryson was there or thereabouts. But Cam Smith scorched the earth on the back nine of his last round and just, again, couldn't get a putt to fall. Uh, he has been in some sort of form over the last wee while. Tie third Adelaide, tie six Singapore, T2 Tulsa, T9 PGA Champs, T9 DC, fourth in this US Open. They've got a couple of events in Europe, I think Spain and England. And then it is the Open, uh, Royal Liverpool, isn't it? Can you see Cam Smith def- defending his open? Uh, yeah, I, I think he'll put a stern test. I mean, Cam Smith's got one of the best short games um, out there. He's an excellent, excellent putter. Um, he gained two and a half strokes in the final round um, putting. Um, so he, he played very, very well. And then the ball striking for Cam Smith is um, it's, it's kind of the inverse of of, uh, of other players of we, with Cam Smith 
we know that his putter is excellent and we're kind of waiting for the irons to, to get hot. Whereas someone like Scotty Sheffer, Rory McIlroy, we know how good they are at ball striking. We're waiting for the putter to get hot. It's kind of the, the inverse of that. So, look, I, I think he will provide a very strong test. Um, he, he is playing excellent. I'm looking forward to the tours being unified um, next year again and and um, seeing these guys playing together more regularly. Um, however they end up um, fitting back in, um, that's what for debate and all sorts of theories out there of, of how that's going to work. But look, he, he is in, in excellent form and would not be surprised to, to see him show up and, and provide a stern to defence. David Bileski, um, you've made, um, we've had three or four people text in this morning say, can you thank that man very much? Two or three people got uh, a bundle. One guy has come and I won't name him, got 3K, thanks to your advice. So uh, he's pretty happy with you, which means uh, we will be uh, ringing you just prior to the Open Championship, if that's okay, and uh, hopefully we can get some business through Deep Dive Golf um, and uh, you can tip us into something uh, just as special again. Cheers, man. You are very, very good. Thanks for your time. That, that's fantastic. No, thanks. I mean, it's great, great to hear the, the fans um, have uh, had, a, had a good week as well. And just so everyone knows, we've got a promotion at the moment of one month free um, access, one month trial. So if you want to come across and give us a go, um, check it out on Twitter. That does end on Wednesday. So um, get in quick. Okay, at Deep Dive Golf on Twitter. And that is uh, David Bileski, um, who is uh, the man in charge here. Thank you, David. Uh, thank you very much. Have a terrific day. You too. Thanks, Bobby.